Wars information and fun for the news, for animation, movies, games, et cetera, et cetera. We are here for you in that capacity. And to introduce ourselves very quickly before we get into the show, I'd like to start off by um, introducing you to our guests. We have Tracy, the hot nerd girl, and Chinese pirate Andy Lowe, and I'm Mr. Benja. Tell us hi, uh, Tracy. Uh, well, I uh, am hot nerd girl, and I am on... Uh... <laughs> And I'm, uh, I'm, I do a lot of charity work for uh, different charity groups and uh, an and all-around nerd girl, and I love Star Wars, and yay. Excellent. And how are you doing, Andy? I'm doing okay. I just had a little bit of an internet outage, <laughs> which I hope you... But, uh, you know, hey, the times are, times are good. My name's Andy Ho. I am the Chinese pirate. Uh, I'm a director, fight choreographer, performer, and puppeteer, and uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here, happy to be talking about star wars awesome awesome and i am not even the host we're all co-hosts here <laughs> but i'm the guy mr benja from the 8-bit cubist and uh various places online um may have met me at GamerCon. i don't know a while ago but we are here to talk again about star wars this is going to be a weekly thing that we got get out to you uh, you'll be able to find us on twitch um currently you can find us at uh, twitch.tv slash pangeekery um, and with that, you know, let's just go ahead and get into it. We'll talk a little more about ourselves as we go along, but let's get into some, uh, some news items really quickly and let's just go straight into that, Andy. Well, actually, do you want to, do you want to also talk about, uh, our new YouTube channel as well? Oh, I totally forgot about that. See, this is how <laughs> new we are. we're totally fixing this as we go along. Um, we just got our YouTube channel up and going, so you will be able to check us out on YouTube. Uh, if you're not already watching us on YouTube. So that'll be uh, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Facebook, and Facebook. Page, of course, and uh, <laughs> along with Twitch. And then at some point, we'll get along the, the actual podcast. You can listen to us on iTunes. All that's coming along. Please stay tuned for it. But yes, we'll definitely have more action on the YouTube channel coming up soon. So you'll be able to watch these episodes at your convenience. Watch us yeah. grow. <laughs> it's only episode Andy. two. It's all uphill from here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Shall we get into the news for this week? Uh, so first things up, this is actually, uh, we are in some great territory right now because there are a lot of new Star Wars re releases uh, come in the coming two weeks. Uh, first thing up is that there is a new anthology book uh, releasing on November 10th. This is the new second volume of the From a Certain Point of View uh, anthology series uh, with uh, short stories from side characters in the Star Wars universe. I just, uh, I just downloaded the first one, actually. I uh, got that off Amazon, downloaded it. haven't read it yet, but I'm, I was happy to... I didn't even know the anthology books existed, so these little short stories are pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's really fun. Um, um, I've read some of the first book. Uh, there are a lot of... So just so you know that the... Um, so the certain point of view uh, anthology books are basically various short stories that look at the events of the films we know from from some of the side characters. So the first book was focused around A New Hope, uh, and you got side you know f stories uh, from the perspective of Greedo, from Boba Fett, uh, even R five D four, and many others. So. Uh, it's it's a it's a very fun series. Um, the R five D four story is one of my favorites because it's uh, it's just a 
all kinds of delusions of grandeur for this droid who <laughs> basically falls on the sword more or less so that r can go on <laughs> so for those of you who don't remember the that droid so he was the one that uh was walking up to luke in a new hope and they thought he was going to be their new droid until his bad motivator exploded yeah he literally just you know kapow so and just now a- we know he's okay <laughs> He's gone well, out. So, is this the is this the story where they talk about how R two D two and him had like a conversation, like, and 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 how he decided to fall on the sword, or was that that was already established in another story, right? And then no, this is I, a follow up story. No, this was that story actually. It was just a oh, little short oh, story okay. amongst so. okay. amongst the stories in 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 the first. Uh, that was the first uh, certain point of view. So this next certain point of view uh, is celebrating the fortieth anniversary of the Empire Strikes Back. So it's now even forty more stories from forty more writers about various side characters that appear in uh, Empire Strikes Back. So we'll be seeing stories from the bounty hunters Bosk and Dengar and IG eighty eight. Um, also, uh, a story from the perspective of the Wampa, uh, uh, as well as they actually released uh, one of the stories on oh. StarWars.com uh, from the perspective of L337, uh, basically leading up to the conversation as the Nava computer to C-3PO when they're they're sitting there in the asteroid. <laughs> so if you want a preview, you can check that out on StarWars.com. Are any of oh. these stories from Greedo's perspective? Yeah, I think uh, they have a story for Greedo in uh, in the in the first book, actually. Okay, that would make sense from A New Hope. Okay, because we had one of his uh, one of his people in this week's episode, so I was just wondering. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, our next release, though, uh, so also coming up November seventeenth, will be the release of the all new Star Wars Holiday Special, uh, and this is a new Star Wars Lego film. Uh, that uh, that will be released on Disney Plus. I'm so excited about this because I feel like it's going to be really, really funny. They're going to make fun of it, but also be a homage to it. Totally. Well, and it's also you know it's it's a lot of the contemporary characters, so it is around uh, you know Ray and Finn and uh, 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 all of these new characters, but certainly paying homage and it's in this very kind of tongue in cheek family friendly uh, uh, Lego world where, you know, they're building things on site. There's lots of kind of tongue in cheek <laughs> gags. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know we've mentioned this before, Andy uh, and our talking together, but somehow, you know, you can have holiday specials, you can have all these goofy things, but when Lego gets involved, somehow I just accept it. It's just fine. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Um, I'm actually okay with Jar Jar, but when I played Jar Jar Binks in the Lego Star Wars game, <laughs> it, he got even better to me. I don't, I don't know if that's how that's possible. Not that he's a great character, but you know, <laughs> he's fun, he's cute, and in Lego form, you know, it's it's funny. So, I'm all, so speaking of characters, though, too, this uh, so we've actually have a number of returning characters. Like we said, you know, it focuses on Ray and Finn and all of, and Poe and all the new characters, but uh, we will see some returning actors. Uh, so Billy D. Williams is coming back to voice the character of Lando Calrissian, as is Kelly Marie Tran, uh, who will be voicing Rose Tico. And um, I don't know what the context is yet, but they have announced that Matt Lanter, James Arnold Taylor, Tom Kane, D. Bradley Baker 
all basically all of the cast yeah. from Clone Wars will be repri- re- reprising their roles for this uh, this film. So very excited to see what role, what part they take in all this. <laughs> I'm laughing just thinking about it. And uh, and we will talk uh, more about D. Bradley Baker later tonight. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Um, the next release we'll talk about uh, is on November 19th, uh, Star Wars Beyond Galaxy Edge will be released from uh, from Oculus Studios. And this is uh, for the Quest platform. Um, this is a virtual reality uh, recreation of Star Wars Galaxy Edge. And of course, Galaxy's Edge, if you are... Who a, has a 3D system that I can come over and see? <laughs> Uh, my friend Jason, <laughs> uh, and I'm sure uh, he will try to figure out some way to uh, to stream it for me to watch. Basically, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, speaking of which, he does stream quite a few things, so we'll have to. We might have to get something from him. Um, maybe he walks through and you do a little tour, voice tour, or something. I don't know. That'd be interesting. <laughs> Uh, so that's a great thing, right? I mean, I, the th- some of the things, um, you know, my friend Jason is also a Disneyland uh, pass holder uh, along with me. So he is a big fan of Star Wars Galaxy Edge at Disneyland Park. There's also another Galaxy's Edge in Florida at uh, at uh, Hollywood Studios Park over there. Um, and uh, so this is the first time guests will get to move beyond the berm, shall we say? The berm, kind of referring to the edges of the uh, the traversable land in the theme park. Uh, so it's a whole opportunity to kind of expand on the world and the stories and the characters that they've established um, in the world building of the theme park. Sorry, I'm getting attacked by a cat. <laughs> <laughs> now, real real quick on the Galaxy Edge. So it's its own property uh, created for the theme parks, and so we're getting a a view of the Star Wars universe from a new, a completely new perspective that was birthed in the theme parks. Correct? Yeah, it's basically it's a whole new planet um, called Batu. Uh, Black Spire Outpost is represents kind of the bulk of the traversable area. And there is a whole backstory of how this is, you know, the last outpost where you could refuel before heading off into uncharted space before the hyperspace, uh, uh, you know, before hyperspace became a thing and everyone was like traveling on sublight. So, uh, so it's like a very old community. There's old ruins of an old alien uh, 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 society that lived there before all the, the, the pirates and, you know the first order and the 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 um, resistance uh, uh, took a foothold in in the area. There's and all of the stores and all the shops are all in world. So like you go to the to- Toy Darian toy shop and there's like a story about the Toy Darian that settled on Batu and is like a woodmaker and like hand carves all the toys uh, uh, that are there for sale. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so yeah, so, uh, it looks like you will be able to, uh, explore some of those same familiar locations, places that we've seen in real life, like Docking Bay 7, which is the main food eatery there, Droid Depot, which is one of the stores, uh, but they will also be allowing you to kind of move beyond the burn and, uh, 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 check out some of the wilds, uh, beyond the, the, the settlements that we've seen. So I guess is... I guess Pachka is the adult version of Blue Milk. I need to make sure I can find some Pachka. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We, 
We have we uh, we haven't seen that in the, in the parks yet, but 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 uh, I definitely am down for it. Um, they do have Oga's Cantina there, so they have various you know space alcoholic concoctions there. But uh, that hasn't shown up. They do refer to their coffee as calf, though, so I appreciate that little bit of detail. <laughs> I, I bet when Disneyland opens back up asked. after COVID, it'll be there. I bet you. <laughs> Some. Blue I just trip. see some guys stumbling around, some some guys stumbling around <laughs> the park or somewhere, you know, screaming, "The force is with me!" Other things that we've seen in the trailer, we've seen lots of porgs. They have like Kawaki and monkey lizards. Uh, apparently, the uh, uh, we will be having cameos from R two D two and C three PO, voiced by Anthony Daniels, and of course. When there will be some Yoda appearances voiced by Frank Oz. So that's all very exciting. Awesome. Um, next up, our kind of last news item for the day. So there have been a number of rumors kind of coming uh, coming uh, out uh, the last couple of weeks. It's it's uh, this is really maybe more of a more of a kind of discussion topic, really, um, uh, because it is kind of hard to tell what to take seriously and what is kind of uh, rampant rumors. Uh, we've heard rumors about a solo sequel. Uh, we've heard rumors about uh, a Cara Dune and Bo-Katan spinoff show from The Mandalorian. There's even talk now about a Boba Fett uh, spinoff. Um, but of course, it's hard. You know, I mean, I, I think uh, we, were, we were talking about this offline before. Uh, it's hard to tell what is real because none of these things are things that have been announced officially. Uh, and perhaps maybe even these are just things that are being leaked out to either be a red herring and pull people off the track of actual things that are happening uh, or, or, or maybe even just to test the waters of, of uh, what fans would like or want. What do you guys think about seems some like of these? It seems like a rumors? lot of these... It seems like a lot of these rumors are we could do this, but we're not doing it yet right. type of thing like like gauging interest more than anything what do you think yeah, totally. I, I think that's where it's coming <laughs> from um you know for me it's like I, I totally agree i think the you know teasing leaking you know having the uh you know actors say oh i would love to play this character all of that that's just the new focus group you know well, I mean, that's even like too, right? Like, like the the whole solo rumor came out of a unrelated, un Star Wars related interview with Ron Howard, and the reporter saying, "Hey, I loved Solo. What's the chance we could see another Solo?" And he's just like, "I don't not want to make one." <laughs> <laughs> and that was like it, and it turned into like every other nerd blog kind of reposting this one little half paragraph. Of an answer to a random question, <laughs> but I don't know that that question also seems like it could be kind of a setup too, you know. Well, and totally. Hey, man, if I'm a if I if I tell him I'm a solo fan, I'll get all kinds of uh, you know support, and he'll leak some secrets for me. Uh, I don't know. They've been talking about a Boba Fett standalone for years, ever yeah. since they started talking about an Obi Wan, uh, a Solo, a Yoda standalone. That's nothing new. I mean, I'm still of the mind that when I watch The Mandalorian, I am watching the Boba Fett standalone, right? I mean, and to a certain degree, it's like if you're going to do something with Boba Fett, 
what can you do differently than what we're getting out of, out of the Mandalorian? You know, right. Um, that said, also there are so many projects that are officially announced that we've heard absolutely nothing about. Right? Like we know the Bad Batch is coming, uh, uh, and and I love that 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 uh, season arc in, in season seven of Clone Wars. Um, but we haven't seen any test animation. We haven't heard any teasers. I don't even know if we have a, a release date yet for that. Um, you know, there's also, of course, the Obi-Wan series, which we know is in development and is set to start shooting. Um, the Cassian Andor K2SO series doesn't even have a name yet. And they announced that they announced that with the Disney Plus launch way back, um, 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 you know, almost two years ago. Uh, there's also the the Leslie Headland. Head, Headland uh, female driven series for Disney plus that was announced that has no announcements or no, n nothing attached to that yet. Um, and then of course there's all the feature film projects. Of course we know Taika Waititi is doing a star Wars. Kevin Feige Feige is doing a star Wars. Ryan Johnson still is on the slate officially. He has not been let go from his, uh, his project. Uh, and they also offered a project to JD Dillard. So, and none of those feature film, uh, 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 projects have any details attached to them but they're they're out there so what's um what's interesting to me i guess is uh the way they're timing all this stuff out like you you alluded to before some of them could just be uh red herrings uh, some of it could be focus group testing to see what they should put their efforts into mm. and as we also spoke about last time lucasfilm is also working on other projects like the the willow project so right. The thing is, right now, we're in a situation where we've got six more episodes of The Mandalorian to go. It's an eight-episode season, I believe, right? Right. Um, we've got six more episodes to go. And if you're looking at it from a marketing and um, branding standpoint, you kind of want to let that ride for a little bit. And then towards the end of it, start saying, oh, we're not done. Here's something that's coming up next. Right. So I'm not too surprised that they're keeping it close to the vest and quiet. But I am definitely interested to see what they start teasing out as the the end of 2020 rolls around. Totally. Well, and of course, you know, it's not like there will be a dearth of, of Star Wars. There's still all the High Republic releases uh, that will be on books and comics coming coming in January. So there's a lot out there. All right. Star Wars keeps on delivering. It's a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Especially since Disney. Yes, <laughs> uh, they keep if, on. If you have any other scoops, rumors, or stories that you would like us to respond to, please leave them for us in the chat or send them to us via our social medias, and we will comment them on them next week. Thank you, Andy. And speaking of um, news, there's one very important news bit. Um, Tracy has acquired something very special. Uh, we have to stop for a moment and focus on this because this is serious business right here, and the cuteness <laughs> overload, I, I can't even... Go ahead, Tracy. You know what you're talking about. So <laughs> I have waited a long time and I have watched a lot of my friends adopt children. And I decided that I was going to look into it. And I was surprised because for $18, you can get this delightful egg <laughs> made by Mattel that comes with Do not fall. This adorable baby Yoda. He doesn't have any feet though. Like it's just sort of like <laughs> blank 
thing, which no, don't get me wrong. My friend, Sean actually 3d printed feet for his, he's got like four of these, but, and if you, if you open him up, he's very squishy. His body is very comfy, but his head and his hands are not comfy at all. Like this. I, I almost poked my eyeball out. I was like, Oh God, but your eye out kid. I know. Like in this show, I'm like watching his ear flopping all around Mando Jen. And I'm like, and I'm like, flop on me. Oh, cuddle. No, <laughs> but he's very cute. And for $18, I mean, how do you, you can't really beat that. Look at this. So he's a, so so. Why did you choose this baby Yoda over any of the others? Because they have like the full plush one. They have like the animatronic one. They have like. Um, I I I am poor, and so I picked the eighteen dollar <laughs> one <laughs> because I figured that he was just as cuddly and cute. And I have I I mean my my friend Colleen crocheted this for me. This this was this one I've had since season one, and I I love this baby Yoda. It's very sweet. He fits right in front of my microphone. Um, but this one is definitely looks just like the one from the from the show, and I I like it very much. And I kind of appreciate that it doesn't have feet because you know you see him walk. We've as we've seen him walk now, and you it's can't kind of see his waddles. Feet. <laughs> yeah, he just sort of is like like hovering on the ground. I don't know. <laughs> But uh, but it's very cute. I do wish that the egg that it came with was something that you could actually uh, hover next display. to you. But that's okay. I mean, you well, you could use it as a, as a display. But but I want it to hover next to me. And for eighteen dollars, they do not include that feature. So, <laughs> but yeah, he does look pretty cute. Is a uh, is, is there a run on those? I mean, I don't know how uh, if, if if there's just like a lot of them, or is it limited edition kind of thing? You know, I so I was talking to our friend Nathan and he said that he made sure he bought his before he went out of town because he was he thought that they were going to sell out. But I I didn't know. I just bought it. <laughs> oh, he's so, got a so little where, hoodie. So where Sorry. did you go to uh to purchase? I got this just on Amazon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just so. wondering if it's if it's in stores or I I'm sure it is. It's Mattel. So you know the same the same company that makes Barbie and Hot Wheels and all that. So. Uh, looks like we have a question from uh, Tarn Solo uh, asking: Have you seen the one from Sideshow Collectibles? I have seen it, and it's uh, and I will say that that one is really nice, but I think that this one's cuter because the one from Sideshow Collectibles it it's almost like it's um. The forehead ridges are a little too intense for me. It looks like um, it looks like Klingon. baby Yoda. No, it looks like Yoda and baby Yoda had a baby Yoda. <laughs> Is that a thing? Had like a teenage Yoda gave birth to a teenage, teenage Yoda. Yoda for the sideshow collectibles one. But so I think this one's cuter. But oh, thank Lord. you for the question. <laughs> I'm just going to do the rest of the show like this. Is that okay? That's okay. We've got to figure out how much that is in terms of uh, calamari flan. Um, I know. <laughs> how many Beskar? How many Beskar bricks? Yes. How many Imperial, imperial credits? credits? Beskar bricks. <laughs> <laughs> but for $18, you too can have a baby Yoda and adopt a child. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh going going into this holiday season, we're definitely going to be getting a lot of. Well, I hope we're getting um some pretty cool things coming around. Uh, I know the Lego series have started to get Delicious. released, so we'll uh, see more of that, I suppose. 
And um, actually, I don't know if you guys saw uh, on the Instagram, but uh, we re- reposted uh, someone's pretty incredible build of uh, they did a, a Lego version of Cobb Vanth on his speeder bike, which is pretty great. That was cool. That was cool. Uh, so check out check out our Instagram. You can t- take a look at that and uh, follow. I think it's KT Bricks um, for more of his builds. We're having techni- technical difficulties, guys. Technical difficulties. Okay, hi. I'm back. Welcome back. <laughs> so <laughs> Thank we're, you. <laughs> we're going to stay with you, Tracy, for a bit because we're rolling off into our Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 2 response. So we're gonna we, we've been following this and we're gonna follow it every week until it until it uh until the whole series ends. So every week we want to just go give a quick recap response and we'll talk about the episode and get into a little bit of the the background and the nitty gritty of it. So Tracy, you think you had something to prepare? Well, shall I we shall, shall we uh, shall we just go through kind of the basics before we get into spoiler spoiler? Oh yeah! Uh, oh yeah! First. Yeah yeah yeah. Let's do All this. Right, so our our quick synopsis. Oh, you're, doing the, you're doing the basic parts then. Yes, yeah. So our quick <laughs> okay, synopsis sorry. of the episode. So this is episode. Uh, this is episode two of season two, uh, chapter ten, uh, known as the passenger. So after fighting off some raiders, Mando gets a lead. He's asked to bring a passenger to her home. Uh, on the estuary moon of Trask. In exchange for safe passage, she'll direct him to the location of a Mandalorian covert she knows of. She's carrying her own precious cargo, that is... Um, So, engines only, a very slow ride uh, uh, off to her home world. It's a long, slow flight until they encounter dangers both over and deep within a frozen planet that happens to be within Dinjarin. And uh, to have the, I don't even understand my, what did I write here? <laughs> over a frozen planet that is danger to Dinjarin. And, between. Uh, passenger. <laughs> between. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's episode two. <laughs> um, so... It's it's a long slow flight until they encounter dangers both over and deep within a frozen planet yes. that happens to be between Jinjarin and his pr- pursuers. And his pursuers. You're welcome. Uh, so our quick review. <laughs> Too much. Uh, still spoiler free. <laughs> uh, uh, spoiler free. What did you guys think about the episode? I dug it. It's it's falling into this interesting category to me of. Um, it feels like a Saturday morning cartoon. How's that? It's you've got this thing that shows up weekly. You watch it. It's uh, it's just a fun little adventure as opposed to this strong serial that we've been uh, expecting from from streaming shows. Um, you know, you can't binge it. You just pop in every week, sit down, enjoy it, and do like we're doing. Talk about it online and uh, you know with your friends. So I, I really enjoyed it. Um, simple, fun. It keeps my expectations regular, so I, I was digging it. See, you, you shouldn't have to keep your expectations Tracy. regular. I, can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? You can hear me? Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. Oh, good. Okay. Um, I see. I feel like you shouldn't have to keep your expectations regular. For me, this was a filler episode in many ways. I had mixed feelings about it. There were things that I liked and things that I didn't that I'll go over in a minute in the more spoilery section. But I felt like 
it like this week's slop is going to make next week's souffle. <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. I know See, that so you for don't. Me, I feel like. I know. I know what for, you're going to yeah, say, me, Andy. I think, I think filler. <laughs> well, I think filler is unfair. Um, I think there's a lot happening in this episode. I actually really enjoy, you know, as we are exploring various genres that the Mandalorian can play in. This is our first horror episode that we've had in season one or season two. And uh, uh, so there's a lot of uh, uh, genre plays in that realm that we're, we're playing with. Um, there, are, uh, there are homages to Ridley Scott. There are homages to plenty of other things that uh, we've seen before um, um, in, this, in, in this episode. Uh, and yes, you know, I think it's debatable whether or not there is broader impact to the overarching story. Uh, I think we'll have to wait and see because it did very much feel to me like it's act one of an arc. Um, we are seeing some great performances. And honestly, it's like we have two main characters that are in, in either an animatronic puppeteered face or uh, uh, in a mask, which is amazing to me that I can that when I stop and go, I am fearful for these characters and I don't see a single real face. Go ahead. Question though, with, if a season is only eight episodes, is there really a place for a filler episode or I guess, you know, no, again, I still counter the idea. Is it filler or is it okay. character development? And we can get into that uh, as we get, past the spoiler warning. But I mean, I think there's plenty of, of room and importance to taking these moments when we can breathe and uh, uh, getting to know the characters and where they're at and checking in with them after they've been through all kinds of trauma. All right. Um, with that, to be clear, shall we I, get into the... Hold on. Oh. Well, sure, sure. I mean, we can go ahead and uh, get on into that. I, I But I just wanted to say that I, I think it's a fine episode, but I guess what I was referring to with the expectations is you, you know, I, well, spoilers from the last episode, here we go. Um, you, you left on a cliffhanger and then, you know, you have a, a situation where you're not going to follow up with that in the way that people would expect. So if you put expectations out there, then, you know, setup leads to expectations. So, they're doing something intentionally, and I'm not sure how exactly it's playing out with the audience, but I enjoyed it as a singular episode. I have questions about where they're going. I guess that's all I'll say about that. I would, I mean, I would say that. Game, I would agree clearly. with that. I mean, we still don't know whose spurs... Uh, we still don't know whose spurs jingled next to the Fennec Shan's body. Playing long game, man. <laughs> right? Thank you. It could have been Cobb Vanth or Boba Fett. Thank you. We'll find out. Um, anyways, at this point, I think we can go. This is our spoiler warning. So if you have not watched the episode, pause right here and then come back and watch us. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, you're just gesturing. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I cut it. <laughs> yes. An old uh, full house reference. <laughs> so you have been forewarned. Uh, there will be spoilers from here on. Yes, there are spoilers. Okay, this is where I this is where I start to take a little bit of a deep dive. Although I didn't feel like there was as many Easter eggs in this episode as there have been in most of the previous episodes. But we can get into it. Okay, so 
This was written by John Favreau. So I do think that there is something to the theory that it is leading to something bigger, which is why I, I kind of said, I hope that this week's slop creates next week's souffle and that it's leading to something. So I still mean. have a hard slop. time with what I feel like are. I'm not, though. <laughs> I know. <gasps> okay. Okay. <laughs> Because it's not really well. Okay, maybe the ingredients. It's not slop. It's the ingredients. You see, I'm thinking of like I'm thinking of all these alien planets and like people eating gross stuff. So that's why I'm thinking of slop as opposed to like ingredients. But anyway, I digress. And what I okay. <laughs> and of course, it was directed by Peyton Reed. And so we get some uh, who directed Ant Man. So we get Doctor Mandible, who is like this ant like alien who we yeah, did see I in the first season in the cantina. Well, and, and actually, I think uh, our, our frog lady was also in that episode, too, as just one of the denizens of she the, was of the uh, the the Masai Sli Cantina. Yeah, either I, her I, or her husband. We don't know for sure, but fair. Uh, actually, I just also I just want to call out. I mean, <laughs> that that it's like there's an ant. There's an ant, you know, there's a puppeted ant on screen. And of course, I'm I'm I usually watch with the. the uh, the, the captions just because I want to be able to check dialogue. Um, and uh, it's like <laughs> Dr. Mandible. I'm like, that is hysterical. <laughs> I love that his name is Dr. Oh, Mandible. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Mandible and Frog Lady. Like that was yes. that was their characters. Actually my favorite caption of the of the whole episode is Frog Lady speaks frog. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sometimes I, I always watch with the captions done as well. And I, I, I love those little gems that a lot of people don't see. But um, I do think that it was kind of throwing every cheesy alien species we can into one episode. I like it when they're a little bit more spread out and not necessarily so concentrated. But I appreciate I definitely appreciated the ant in the Ant-Man director director episode. Yes. Um, I Like I said, I kind of felt like. I kind of felt like it was a filler episode in a lot of ways. Um, I loved the very, very beginning with the, uh, with the, what, what were they like Raiders or something? I mean, what, we don't really know. That's an interesting thing, right? We Thieves. don't know if they're just other, other bounty hunters who have a fob or if they were maybe hired by Boba Fett or if they were just desert, I mean, we really don't know who they were. And so that was an interesting detail that I thought was left out. Because yeah, I mean, that's all I told the speculation. It seemed like they were thieves yeah. because the one just wanted something in return. So, well, the thing, you know, if we're talking about a continuing story, anyway, but so that um, he's he's being chased. So, <laughs> well, and also the, the other thing that I thought about is not just that he's being chased. But the fact that he has to walk from wherever in the middle of the desert he was to get to Mos Eisley means that, in theory, a guy on a bantha could probably be tracking him. Are you get, are you picking up what I'm I'm laying down? That this is put that that little True. moment right there. Can you there. imagine walking through the de desert? Oh oh oh. I mean, I mean that 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 Explain. little moment could be the groundwork for Boba Fett is tracking him for the rest of the series. Okay, that's speculation, but 
I feel like he would have seen yeah. a. I feel like he would have seen a bantha though. They're pretty big. Maybe, but he's Boba Fett, Our... <laughs> greatest powder hunter in the galaxy. <laughs> Can you imagine walking through the desert in Beskar? Yeah, so have, uh... Uh, you know, it's all air conditioned. He, I saw the little nodes and uh, <laughs> fan belts and things inside his armor. We saw that in the first season, so. I'm sure he's pretty cooled off in there. Uh, we quick. We have a comment from uh, Ring Capacity. Thank you, Ring Capacity, for the comment. Um, the thing I loved about season one was that episodes one through six were episodic, each playing with tropes and leading to the seven to eight world building. This season feels like it's on the same trajectory. I would agree. <laughs> Yeah, last season was kind of Monster of the Week in a lot of ways as well. It's like it? you had those first three episodes to establish kind of the world and the formula and the main relationships. And then everything after that was he's a bounty hunter and he's trying to figure out what it means to be a dad and what it means to not do the bad thing every time, right? Now he's got a small life to care for. And it's like, you know, we see, you know, old characters from his past come back to haunt him as he's made these choices and diverge, right? I mean, I think we're still seeing more, more character uh, development, but that's me. Yeah, totally. Uh, so one thing that I think might be going on and, um, you know, I, I, I definitely feel the influence from um, the larger structure of Disney. Uh, the, you know, I mentioned it felt like a little bit like a Saturday morning cartoon, and that's mm. definitely aimed more towards the family, uh, kids. You know, you don't have these crazy expectations. Um, you can just have a fun show every week doing something interesting, and you don't really have to get into too many of the weeds and, uh, you know, story connections that we, we usually talk about, Andy. So, you know, I think that's definitely a deliberate decision. Um, I'm, not, I'm not mad at it. It's just a... Uh, a decision that you know is obvious that they're making so i'm glad people are accepting it so we'll see anyways tracy you want to continue guiding us through this i think that the spider section was too scary to be a family do you think that the spider section may have been too uh scary for it to be considered a family episode though i mean I don't think so. Uh, I mean, there's no actual gore. Uh, it is creepy. Um, if you're if you don't like bugs, it's not going to sit well with you. <laughs> I thought it was I guess fine. it's no um, worse than Harry Potter. You know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Harry Potter is pretty intense. <laughs> I mean, if you if you go back, there are some little. Yeah, I mean, I know we're in a different place right now, but, um, you know, things like uh, Poltergeist and, uh, you know, going, going way back there, there's the horror level, I think, for, for kids. And, you know, I, I think this was totally okay. Um, nobody really got hurt and dragged away, uh, you know, screaming for their lives or whatever. I, I will say. Other shows that do much worse. I will say that uh, when Baby Yoda was rolling up on on the little spider egg before we knew what it was, I was like, "Oh God, it's a face hugger! Baby Yoda's gonna get a face hugger!" Oh God! Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the spiders were the spiders were okay with me. Um, 
I I like the fact that, and you mentioned this earlier, that this was a horror quote unquote episode, um, you know, coming right after Halloween. So we're still in that vibe a little bit. I uh, totally appreciated what they did there. Um, I kind of expect that a little bit from uh, Star Wars every so often where you get these little horror elements where you've got some crazy monster or beast that they have to get away from. And, you know, it's usually off in a cave somewhere. So I dig it. Kids will dig it too. I also uh, really enjoy, like, you know, the the stakes that are set up in, in, in this um, between, right, like, okay, if you want to get really in the weeds, like, oh. with, in terms of meta themes here, right, it's like, yes, we have the spider with its eggs and its whole brood of, you know, hive of spiders versus the Mando and his baby Yoda and frog lady with her eggs right and basically all of them are trying to eat each other <laughs> whether it's baby yoda eating the eggs <laughs> or it's spider yeah, eating yeah. all of them right there is this whole kind of uh, confluence yeah. of of parenthood and protection happening <laughs> i didn't even yeah, think even, of that you just blew the, my uh, mind yeah even to the whole setup of the the um the X-Wings that came in the beginning, it's like, you know, you are our food. We arrest guys like you. There's this whole capture and right. consume kind of thing. So uh, it was really, it, yeah, that's a good point. A catch and release. <laughs> um, did you want to talk about uh, Frog Lady a little bit, Tracy? I would like to talk about it. Okay, so... Um, so first of all, I, I mean, I raised chickens. I have eggs. They looked very much, they looked kind of like when you put chicken eggs in brine to, to save them or you, you know how you can do that? Like you can, have you guys ever heard of that? Yeah. You like can put, pickled, you can put pickled eggs, but not pickled eggs. Like you put like a, like a whole raw eggs into, um, into a big jar with, um, with like pickling salt. Mm -hmm. stuff or it's, it's not pickling salt it's like lime and you can store eggs that way and not refrigerate them anyway so it kind of reminded me of that so like the farmer in me was like Woo! <laughs> um but then it was like it was also like a lava lamp like an egg lava lamp see i just saw boba happy. i was just like oh it did look like boba. boba 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 fett hey hey ah uh, uh, i see what you did there <laughs> I love your puns. Um, so, so what do we what do we know about Frog Lady? Right, we know she was in the first season. We know that the person who's personifying her is the same one who was Khalil in the first season, right? Maybe maybe people don't know that. Maybe Quill, who was our uh, this uh, I have spoken guy from season one. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, who was voiced by. Um, Nick Nolte. By Nick Nolte, yes. Right? I don't know why. I felt like it was like him in the suit. I, I, <laughs> um, and then speaking so, uh, of... I, I want to jump in on Frog Lady. Right? <laughs> okay. You want to jump uh, in I, on her? Go ahead. We're about to move off of Frog Lady. Oh, wait. Because, no, no. Uh, oh, wait. Did you say jump yeah, I, in? I, I told... <laughs> <laughs> see, see how I do? This is, this is what I'm good for. <laughs> Um, I think she, I kind of, I kind of wanted her to die. 
Really? I kind of wanted the frog lady. Yes, I kind of wanted the frog lady to die, and then Mando would have to pick up the eggs and take them back and finish the thing. Oh, interesting. But he's already because she was annoying. That would be like a running. (laughs) That would be like a running. I didn't think she was annoying at all. I actually found her to be a fine, respectable character. Um, I was just like, you know, if this whole thing goes down and you're really going to go that horror route, you know. <laughs> I don't Maybe she will die in the next episode. Okay, can I tell you my theory about the about Baby Yoda eating the eggs? <laughs> this is it, my theory. Okay, so first of all, he was sucking those things down. Like he wasn't really chewing them, <laughs> like he did the frogs and the spider baby. Right? I my thought was that he because you know because he you know when he first went up to the lava lamp, like they kind of like were forced drawn towards him and and then he started sucking them down and my thought was that he somehow knew that either she was gonna die or like they you know like something was gonna happen to the rest of the eggs before they made it to their destination or they were gonna have to jump into um into light speed or, or hyperdrive into um to get there and the eggs would die and that somehow he was actually protecting the eggs and that like when all the legs and when all the eggs were gone like and they and the the frog couple was like oh no it's the last of our line baby yoda was gonna be like yeah here you go that was that's my theory that's my theory instead we have kind of a vicious side of baby yoda who you know and and that was like the really interesting thing like this is like still happen but i mean this is still like this is like the first time we're kind of seeing kind of the downside of parenting with baby Yoda where baby Yoda is kind of a dick. He's just kind of, you know, he's just <laughs> willfully sucking down the eggs. And like, even to the point where Mando's like, no, no, <laughs> I'm holding <laughs> my finger. You, none of us have kids, but I, right. I don't think any, you, you guys don't have kids, right? Anyway. Okay. Uh, but, I, I've uh, had nieces and nephews. So, right. Okay. So, so like, so I take care things, of my- like the compulsion to put things in your mouth. I totally know this. Yes. Like, stop putting it in your mouth. I take, <laughs> and then what do they do? Because I take care of my niece and nephew for holiday, you know, for like summers and winters. What do they do? It's like, take that out of your mouth and they suck it in right away. They're like, mm-hmm. just, you know, cause you can't take it out when it's all the way in their stomach. And when you put it in the context of this is like the last of this poor frog lady's line. It's kind of, it's kind of <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> That's why I think no, that baby Yoda's totally trying to save man. them. Go for it, Benja. What'd you say? Well, uh, we'll have to check your. We'll have to check your theory with Twitter. <laughs> we won't check it with Twitter. <laughs> Are we joking? We're not going to check. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. Coming back to to Frog Lady, uh, I, I do find it really cool and interesting. We we talked about D. Bradley Baker before, uh, but uh, D. Bradley Baker, who does a lot of wait, animal wait, sounds. One second. One second. One second, Andy. What? Andy, one second before you get to D. Bradley. Um, I'm just wondering if everyone's looking in the chat, wondering if they should respond to this comment here audibly. That uh, <laughs> that Baby Yoda probably had some gnarly egg farts. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Was was that a comment on so, the thing, or was that just Rodney? <laughs> uh, so yeah. <laughs> Um, the the voice of Ron has spoken. Yes. <laughs> we try to make sure everything is uh, on the up and up, and egg farts comes through the the chat here. <laughs> Frog lady egg farts for the 
Um, um, I mean, we did see him. Go ahead, Andy. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I was just. Uh, I, I was. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was just uh, very cool to see that D. Bradley Baker was the voice actor doing all the noises of Frog Lady. Um, D. Bradley Baker, who does a lot. Of, I mean, he's all over the world in in the world of animation voiceover. Um, he also has a, some great online resources if you want to be a voice actor yourself. Uh, but uh, he is probably best known in the world of uh star wars for being the voice of all the clones in clone wars of course captain rex and wolf and all of the guys that we know um he's also known though uh for a lot of animal he's like one of like three guys who does all like the animal sounds in all animation um he's best known as probably one of his like well-known roles is is appa uh from um uh avatar the last airbender that's him That's pretty sweet. I wonder if they actually created a language or if he just was just going. <laughs> I think kind of like, more does like that. Do the mean something? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a sad that. <laughs> here's an angry. All right. We digress. So, okay. Uh, did you have a? I want to know about this ping thing you were talking about. The ping thing. The what ping. thing? Yeah. What's what's we're ping? talking about? The ping. I didn't know that. I wrote ping. that as a question mark. Like, what is the what is the ping? Is the ping thing something I'm not remembering in Star Wars? I mean, I figure it's like a cell phone ping, right? But it was like they wanted to track where his ship would been. But is that a thing that they do in Star Wars that I just or is this new? Am I crazy? I'm still, I'm still not what you're, what you're talking about. What what ping? The, okay, so the the New Republic no, X-wing um, pilots. The... <laughs> the New Republic X-wing pilots asked asked Man uh, Jin to ping them. Remember, they were like, he was like, oh oh, I don't have that beacon because I'm a pre uh, war oh, blah blah right. blah, and they were like, they were like, okay, great, ha. By the way, we're gonna need you to ping us. And he was like, oh, I don't know specifically what the ping is, but that was all talking about um, that. He doesn't have a transponder uh, uh, broadcast. Right. So um, in a lot of different franchises, uh, like even Star Trek, every ship has its own unique transponder code, which is constantly broadcasting. And that's how um, fleets are able to identify each other. I think this is something that's kind of taken from uh, from kind of naval naval ships. Uh, uh, that every you know, every um, vessel basically is sending out a code in whatever frequency that um, that 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 way all ships can kind of recognize one another. Um, well, see, that's, that's what I understand. I'm a Navy brat, but that okay. but I just had never seen that in Star Wars before that I had remembered. I mean, it makes sense. And I was wondering, but I was wondering in their world. In this galaxy far, far away, like, does, is it because when, you know, of course, when they landed on the, the planet and rescued them from the spiders, they were like, oh, your ship is the one that's registered for, you know, saving this criminal, but imprisoning these three criminals. So it's like, do they find that out from the ping or is it, I, I don't know, I get. 
I, I was I, just a little confused. I mean, I took that as the they certainly have a registry of ships, you know, whether they have a transponder code or not, right? So it's basically, you know, actually, this is something that I I, I, I kind of appreciated and and uh, enjoyed in a world building sense of this is the kind of the first time we're seeing what happened to the resistance or to the rebel alliance after they won, uh, and all of mm-hmm. these rebels and freedom fighters and you know secret cells are having to get pushed into the role of administrators and in this case police so here's some like two hotshot rebel pilots who fought in the great civil war that are literally running plates on you know (laughs) on a road by dave filoni yes (laughs) the fact that you said running the fact that you said running plates see that's where i start to get into you're getting a little too specific when you start <laughs> referencing things like frog, ping. You know, they're, they're these definite terms that we understand in our world or our galaxy. And then they start throwing them out there like ping. If they if they would have just said, you know, um, you know, send us your transponder code and stayed like that, mm. it would have felt to me a little more in world. And then when you start saying ping, it's like... You mean the thing I used to do on Telnet to make sure websites open? I mean, it, it, it just it's just an interesting choice. And I know people have discussed it in the writing room. So I don't know if that bothers you. No, Benja, you're making exactly my point is that in every Star Wars movie, we hear them say, identify yourself or your code, right? To get into places. But I've never heard them say ping. And it just threw me off completely. Well, but this is also the first time we're seeing the galaxy under the New Republic rule, right? So in a more lawless time when where there was like the Outer Rim planets that the Empire did not have control over and you had smuggler ships and stuff that, uh, that you know, did not have a, uh, you know, a well-known transponder code or, you know. Okay, so let me ask that. you this. Yeah. Okay, let me let me ask you this. Okay, so I found it completely normal that when he said, may the force be with you, and they said, and also with you, that that would be an interaction that would happen. One, because Jin, when he is in, even in bounty hunter mode, he obviously is doing research on the bounties that we're not seeing, right? Because somehow he knows where to go, he finds them. Now, he may not have known about the Jedi before the armorer told him, but once she told him, he would have researched it, right? And he would have found out that term, may the force be with you. The New Republic pilots would have known that term because obviously Luke helped them win the Battle of Yavin and all of that, right? And they know who Darth Vader is and that he uses the force. So to me, that interaction completely made sense. But to a friend of mine who I was talking to, shout out, John, um, he was like, they should never have, like, like, how would he know that term? How would they know that term? Like, what's, you know, like this is supposed to be like this ancient mystical, you know, war, uh, sorcery race that nobody really talks about anymore. And I, my feeling of that is, yes, before Luke found his powers, but once Luke found his powers, then it became like where people knew about it again, right? Am I crazy? I mean, I think there's a bunch of ways where you can read that, right? I mean, I, I think there's plenty of things that we say today that, you know, like when someone sneezes and you say, bless you, it's just what you say. So I can see a world in which he doesn't know anything about the Jedi, uh, but he still knows may the force be with you is something that people say to each other to be nice. 
But he's yeah, trying to find the Jedi. Saying, Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he is trying to Happy actively holiday. find the Jedi to return the child to them, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't see any any reason why he wouldn't know about the Force as a thing, right? I mean, even even like uh, even what's his name, the the Imperial uh, Governor, who was like, um, he re- still knows what the Force is, but he refers to it as an ancient religion, right? So he can still refer to exactly. it exactly. Yeah, so that, that that didn't bother me at all. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Um, but speaking where we of them, here? who was the other? Who was the other one? So Dave Filoni played Filoni played Trapper Wolf, right? Which he had the Wolf Pack logo from Clone Wars on his helmet, right? But who was the other pilot? So that is an actor named Paulson uh, Paulson Kun Lee. Uh, he is a Korean Canadian actor for uh, who is probably best known for his role as Mister Kim from Kim's Convenience. In uh, which is a sitcom, um, you can find it on Netflix, but it's uh, based out of Toronto. Uh, this is also the same the same uh, series where uh, where Simu Lu, Simu Lu, who will be Shang Chi in in uh, Marvel Shang Chi and the Ten Rings, um, uh, uh, got his his start, shall we say? But what are, like isn't he a massive Star Wars fan and cosplayer himself? He is. Uh, if you if you go and search for his social media, there's a lot of photos of him with like Five O First and and various other cosplay groups. So uh, I'm sure he's giddy. <laughs> I just love that he gets oh, yeah. to fanboy. Uh, a quick comment before we uh, run off into the uh, next section. Um, so comment. We got a comment from Ring Capacity uh, saying that the New Republic is a nanny state. And a bit anachronistic. Yeah, it's not wrong. Definitely out of its period, you know. So, um, n- nanny state—that's kind of funny. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> nanny eggs—that that whole thing wraps in. Good comment there. I like that. <laughs> Um, I will say that, you know, that was kind of fun to, you know, we had multiple callbacks to episode six from season one. Uh, of course, Dave Filoni returning from the last time we saw him was in episode six. Uh, they also refer to the Razor Crest's um, track record, uh, which are events from episode six. And the reason why they let him go is because he attempted to protect uh, Matt Lanter's character, who was the the, the, the lone... Uh, uh, New Republic uh, official or you know officer who was in charge of that prison ship. Oh, poor guy. Yeah, if if you weren't paying attention, you would have missed that link. But it definitely was there and allowed for you know people who were watching to say, oh yeah, the three prisoners and um, you know the the escape plan that they did. Um, you know, I've been watching and taking notes of the Mandalorian, so I recognize that. But I like the way it was written because. If, even if you hadn't remembered that, you would say, oh, well, he's done some good here and there. So good job, Mandalorian. They also had a little bit of a memory jog when Frog Lady uses the wreckage of Zero uh, to translate for her. Mm, that was great. Yeah. Do not be alarmed. That freaked me out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm alarmed. <laughs> oh, that voice kills me. I loved it. 
<laughs> uh, what else we got here? Okay, I'm just scrolling through my notes here. I mean, I mean there's lots of things that we could talk about the spiders. Um, like, how did they spin so many webs inside the razor crust so quickly? I don't know. Their mouths <laughs> on the the mouths on the uh, the window. They were kind of like the the little critters inside the stomach. Oh, the um, uh, uh, oh, I know what you're talking about. The yeah, the little right. yeah, little kinda... little bat things that that eat the wires. Right. Yeah. Didn't they kind of have those little like mouth suckers too? They have they have like the mouth within a mouth where it's like we open the mouth yeah. and there's just more teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and it was kind of uh it, it felt a little bit like an alien throwback, right? right? You even you Yeah, you even have um oh no, not the Minox from yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they were in um the the original trilogy. But um right. so these this episode between Amy Sedaris's Pelly looking like a Ripley knockoff to like the eggs <laughs> in the cave. It felt like a little bit of like an alien uh, tribute. Totally. Totally. Uh, yeah. I mean, as soon as baby Yoda, you know, gets shooed away from the, from the, from the frog eggs and walks over to the little pod, I was like, Oh gosh, baby Yoda's going to get a face hugger. Baby Yoda's going to get a face hugger. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> but uh anyway, and him walking around, I just I just love that. I love the the practical effects and the fact that they use the puppet instead yeah. of CGI because like I was saying with when I was talking about my toy, like seeing his ears kind of like flap around kind on Jen's torso. <laughs> yeah, like they kept getting stuck and then being like boing, you know, like that I'm like, oh like we wouldn't have that with the CGI. I mean, maybe they would recreate it, but it was just so you you couldn't see that line there, and it's just so much better, in my personal opinion. Um. So, do we want to talk about the spiders a little bit? I think everyone's kind of talking about the the spiders. Um. That the 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 design of the spiders are a callback to some original uh, uh concept art from what Ralph McQuarrie for Empire Strikes Back. Uh, he had designed these characters called Nobby White Spiders that were gonna appear on Dagobah. And um, these same designs have been used for a different character. Um, they were called Crick, Crick, Crickna uh, that were Crickna. used in on the on the planet Adalon uh, uh, for rebels. Um, so if you remember, there was like a whole six uh, six episode arc um, called Mystery of Chopper Base, where uh, they were having to deal with uh, these these uh, these spiders. That look very similar. They are apparently a different species than this. They are, but uh, but they are very similar. Knobby knobby white spiders. <laughs> I feel like that could describe me. I'm a knobby white spider. <laughs> well, I just watched that epi that Doctor Who episode, the Arachnids, the one with the thirteenth oh, Doctor in the hotel, and yeah, and, and so I was like, I just have so many spiders in my life right now. I it's just can't get fresh in mind. I love spiders though, so I like it. Um, I, I will say, when I saw these spiders, and I did recognize the uh, them as being similar to the ones um, from Rebels, and it did make me wonder what planet we were on, uh, because knowing that. 
knowing that um, we are headed for a water planet coming up soon, and knowing that that planet where they did Chopper Base was very close to, canonically, really close to Moncala, which we know is another all-water planet where uh, the Quarrens and the the, the Moncala Mar, mm. Mari are, are supposedly from. And as we've seen in the trailers, you know, they're on a boat sometime soon, so that's coming up. All right, so this was an yeah. interesting episode in terms Well, we know of, they're heading to Trask next. Yeah. Right. So this was totally an interesting episode in terms of uh, us being able to talk about the episode pretty much alone and by itself. Um, I, I, I dug it, uh, as I said, but it's just interesting that it's so um, contained within itself as an episode that we can talk about. So... Um, we'll see what they do in the other ones. Um, I don't know if we have anything else to say on this one. Was there I anything mean, else you had? I mean, for me, it, it is kind of just interested of where this is taking us to, right? Um, I mean, kind of a meta comment. Um, we now have seen maybe like two thirds of all the footage uh, in the trailers, which means the second half of this whole season is probably completely untouched footage. <laughs> that we haven't seen anything from. So that's kind of exciting. But um, uh, we, no, the boat, the boat stuff. Well, that's what I mean, right? And and the boat, if you look at that that shot of the boat uh, where Sasha Banks uh, is seen, spotted for the first time, Frog Lady and her husband and her, and her bucket of eggs are there. So presumably that is the next planet and that is the next episode, at which point who knows how much more footage is left that is not you know uh uh cara cara dune like we they, we saw her and carl weathers walk out in the trailers right so we know we go back to navarro at some point and we know there's an imperial oh, did base you say that there. sorry <laughs> oh no, no no i didn't right so so that's what i'm saying is that that's the inventory of all the footage that has been released publicly is that that's the mm -hmm. only thing left is shots from an imperial base uh shots from navarro with cara dune and um and uh uh, Carl Weathers, and we know they end up on the same planet with the with the Imperial base because they're they're driving that that uh, that that uh, troop transport. So that's all potentially just one or two more episodes, possibly. Yeah. So to your to your point, Andy, um, this is this episode may have done a good and necessary amount of world and character building even from the little bits at the beginning to really setting up this relationship with, um, you know, the egg lady, frog lady, um, tickled egg lady, whatever you want to call her. And <laughs> so it may pay off in a way that we're not expecting. Um, I'm all here yeah. for it. So I think that's it for that one. Uh, let's move on to our last segment of the show, which is the squad reports. And that's what we're calling it for right now, because these were our questions, our reports from outside the field in Instagram, YouTube, social media, wherever people are sending us questions or posing comments to us. Theo H on Twitter, he asked something here. He says, um, the return of Boba Fett on the Mandalorian, good thing or not? Hmm. Hmm. Is it really Boba Fett? We don't know yet. We don't know yet, but I think we can pretty much take the clues because between the fact that it's Timur Morrison and the fact that they play the Boba Fett uh, John Williams theme when they when they reveal him, pretty I think it's a pretty safe bet. <laughs> um, 
I'm excited, right? I mean, this is the thing that I've said before when Mandalorian first came out. I looked at that, you know, those first couple episodes and thought to myself, this was probably a Boba Fett pitch. And then like executive said, you know, Boba Fett was a villain character. Can we really uh, center a show around a villain or does it make sense for a character that we know as a villain to become sympathetic to this baby? Um, at which point then you have to create a new Mandalorian character. That was my like perspective. I don't know if I'm right or not, but uh, I mean, the Mandalorian is essentially a spin on a Boba Fett show. So to bring in the real Boba Fett, it brings up either two options. One, a redemption arc for Boba Fett or to set up Boba Fett as like the ultimate nemesis for our Mandalorian Din Djarin, which is a standoff kind of, I mean, we all want to see that standoff, right? Yeah. That to yeah. me is more exciting. Tracy, yeah, you're nodding over there, Tracy, like, yeah, the whole time. So you, you're, you're digging this whole <laughs> Boba Fett as a good idea. I, I like the idea of him becoming the ultimate villain. That to me is more exciting than seeing him uh, develop a conscience. I don't I don't know why. But to me, the idea of the Mandalore of uh, Jin going up against Boba Fett is uh, gives me gives me nerdgasms. <laughs> I mean, really, <laughs> we could we could have our take, cake and eat it, too. Like, as you can start off with, he wants to steal back his armor and then it becomes a thing of. You know, the Mandal uh, uh, Din Djarin is recruiting Mandalorians to help him, you know, find Jedi. And suddenly you have a, a redemption arc. You could get both. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a good idea just in terms of, and this is me because I've been, you know, reading sales and marketing books for the past month or whatever. <laughs> but I think it's just a good idea to get people talking, to get people invested we there's so much mystery around it that we don't even know what it could or you know may end up being but there's and there are so many different ways that it could go so if we have a as long as boba fett's in the mix there's enough to talk about it gets people interested uh people aren't going to unsubscribe from disney plus because hey boba fett's here might as well hang around a couple more months and see what happens so I think that's a totally good ploy, not just a garbage ploy that you throw away. And I really just think it works on a lot of different levels. The only bad place that it might go is, you know, you're building up expectations and uh -oh. oh no, we lost Benja and my microphone. <laughs> Okay, can I just say that I think this happened last time too at the very end. It's uh, true. I just, uh, I, I would like formula. to vote for. I would like to vote for a no armor, no clothing, no helmets, uh, Jello fight between Tamora Morrison and Pedro Pascal. Is that cool? <laughs> like, can we do that as the penultimate battle? No, no, it's just me. Okay, cool. I mean, I'm gonna start a letter writing campaign. <laughs> Uh, for that ben finale, Jill, do you want to finish your thought that you uh, before your 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 internet uh, protested? Uh, no, um, I, I was basically just saying that uh, you know it's it's a good idea to have them around, and it's only a bad idea if they're using it as bait and nothing else. You know, I, I also look at this in terms of you know much like so. Okay, at one point in time, 
Return of the Jedi was my least favorite original trilogy movie until a friend pointed out to me that Return of the Jedi is the only time we get to see a non-whiny Skywalker in all of Star Wars. At which point, <laughs> you're right. Luke is an absolute badass in that whole movie, and it's the only time we ever see any Skywalker not whining his ass off. So, uh, also, we've been hyping Boba Fett for so long, and we haven't really had Boba Fett as full-on badass. We've seen young baby Boba Fett. We've seen Boba Fett really smart tracking Han Solo. Uh, and we've seen Boba Fett go down like a chump and get eaten by the Sarlacc <laughs> when a blind Han Solo just bumps him on his rocket pack. So there is also opportunity to redeem this character who everyone wants to be awesome. And have like you know Very an arc. Yeah, sounds good to me. I'm for um, it. <laughs> good. So I think we're all in agreement there uh, that Boba Fett being in the Mandalorian is a good thing. Seems like Disney's making good moves. Star Wars is making good moves. Lucas is making good moves. Good moves are happening all around. Actually, um, speaking of Disney too, right? Uh, speaking of Disney, sorry. Move. Speaking of Disney too, uh, and good moves and going to your business and marketing thing. It's also in Disney Parks' interest to have more masked characters that are uh, are uh, uh, IP <laughs> that is active. Yes, yes. So many ways. That's the all... that's the theater producer in you. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Um, I think that does it for our, us this time. Um, unless anybody's got any last little farewell comments, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up this one. Um, we uh, thank everybody for joining us. Uh, make sure that you ch do check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and our newly created YouTube channel, and definitely on Twitch because that's where we go live with these things, and uh, that's where you're going to be able to get a lot of interactions with us. So, um, all in all, we're having good with this. Uh, we want to keep on going. Send us your comments, questions, uh, things we can improve on, things we should talk about and get at us soon. I am Mr. Benja of the 8-Bit Cubist. You can find me at mrbenja.com. Tracy, where can they find you? They can find me on Facebook at Hot Nerd Girl, Instagram at Hot Nerd Girl Official, uh, Twitter at Hot underscore Nerd underscore Girl. Hmm. <laughs> and uh i am the, uh, i am at chinese pirate underscore on instagram twitter uh and uh you can also uh, and twitch and you can also find me on youtube uh chinese pirate productions and the chinese pirate on facebook excellent so that wraps us up for this week and want to remind you that the truths we cling to depend on our own point of view that's a quote andy asked me to add to the end <laughs> You missed the last part. Only the Sith deal in absolutes. <laughs> yes. Well, there are two of them. I'll, I'll do the other one next time. That's it for us, everybody. I am good here. Uh, I think everybody's good here. So we will see you next time. Thank you.